You are listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's issues from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Without God, democracy will not and cannot long endure. We ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Here's your host, Wade Lentz and Harold Smith. All right, welcome to the Patriot Pastors Podcast. I am joined with the one and only Backwoods Baptist, Harold Smith from uh, Kimbler, Arkansas. And uh, he is a longtime pastor and, and currently pastoring in Roland, Oklahoma. Let me ask you this, Harold, before we get started. Are you surviving Pride Month? Is that this month? I didn't. I wasn't sure. Hey, I don't, don't see any rainbow flags in the background, so you're 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 doing good. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a "Don't Tread on Me" flag hanging up somewhere in the office. Oh that, man, an American flag is all we have. So yeah, <laughs> I tell you what, it is everywhere you go for sure. You see rainbow flags, and uh, it, it is, and you know, disgusting. I, I'm I'm to the point now where. I used to just say, okay, you have your month and I would be quiet, but I don't anymore. I poke fun at them. If they're going to be proud about it, they need to be able to take some joking and kidding. So yeah, shared a rainbow colored pistol the other day on Facebook and the caption said, this thing probably don't shoot straight. And, uh, (laughs) I thought that was hilarious, you know, and if that offended one of them, so be it. I mean, you know, uh, uh, I'm tired of being quiet. I'm not ready to go up and start protesting and marching in. The right. Streets. That's never been me, but I do think there's room for us to, uh, to give some, some casual. Oh, sure. Pushback. Absolutely. Well, they're definitely pushing it down our throats for sure. That's no kidding. Yeah. Well, um, you and I both watched a documentary that, um, and we both binge watched it. I mean, right. we watched it in full. You didn't know I was watching it. I did not know that you were watching it. No. And uh, the documentary is called Shiny Happy People. It's a documentary really that exposes Gothardism. Right. Bill Gothard, if you are familiar with him, back in the 1960s, he started a movement uh, that was entitled the Institute, uh, the Institute in Basic Life Principles. And, um, really took off in the late 60s, early 70s, when America was in a transition period. You had the civil rights movement that led to a lot of animosity. Then you also had the feminist movement. And uh, so this was a uh, kind of a play on that feminist movement for sure. Yeah, I I would say it was a pendulum swing response. You you had a group of people going, you know, over here to the left. And this guy said, let's go way right and counter correct. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking back on the history of it now, I, we can clearly say it was an overcorrection. Oh, yeah. But people at the time were swept up into this. It, it was almost as if they pre- presented an either or. You want your kid to grow up to be a hippie? Oh, no. Well, then you better do this or that's where they're headed. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I guess I guess we ought to start where the documentary starts. The documentary starts with the Duggar family. And if you own a television set, you probably have heard of the Duggars. They had an, a number of TV shows. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I never watched a, an episode, but I knew who they were. I live, we both live in Arkansas. So we're familiar right. with the Duggars. They live in Arkansas. Jim Bob, uh, Duggar, the, the patriarch, they like that word of the family. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, he ran for state office and got it and, and ran for national office and didn't get it. Uh, so so the, it, they were well known in the state. They had a television show on TLC. I think it started out as like 16 and counting, and then it was 18 or 19 and counting, and then it mm-hmm. was 14 20 and pregnant. Counting. Yeah, I mean, they had all the yeah. – because they were constantly adding to the family. Right. And the Duggars became kind of the poster family for the Bill Gothard movement. Yes. And, um, I, I didn't grow up in the Gothard movement. I knew people who were in it. And I'll be honest with you, Wade, I, I always thought, man, those people are weird. Hmm. As a kid, I didn't I, yeah, I know right. Bill Gothard. I just would see families. Uh, some of them attended our church when the church I went to when I was young. All the girls would come in wearing the same dress. All the boys would come in wearing the same shirt. You know, everybody had the same haircut. It, it was just mm-hmm. kind of spooky Amish-esque, you know. Can, can I confess here? <laughs> Go ahead. I attended a Bill Gothard seminar in the mid-1990s. Have you repented of that, Wade? Have you been to the altar? <laughs> Have you cried that one out yet? <laughs> I was a teenager, okay? And I went with my girlfriend. And so I was trying to impress her. And, uh, <laughs> you know, hey, it worked. I married her. So, oh. yeah. So you not only confess for yourself, you com- confess for Amanda as well. <laughs> right. That's kind yeah. of like Adam saying, it was the woman thou gave us me. She's the one that tricked me to eat. <laughs> Yes. Way to yeah, go, my mother-in-law ladies. was my mother-in-law was really intrigued with Bill Gothard and all the seminars and all the books and uh she almost became I mean a a uh, a follower for sure. Uh but fortunately our pastor warned her of some things yeah. and uh she you know left that uh movement. Anyway, yeah, it I was impacted by it, you could say, just by attending the seminar and me getting to know him. And like you, I felt like I was at a uh, independent fundamental Baptist homecoming, you know, with everybody wearing the white shirts and ties, uh, all the women wearing dresses. And uh, definitely they had that independent fundamental look for sure. Well, I, uh, I, I growing up, I, I wasn't familiar with them, you know, the, the Gothard movement. I just knew people were in it. I knew I'd heard the name. You're you're more into the Gothic movement. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, Marilyn Manson wasn't he Gothic? Wasn't he like yes. poster child for that? That's hilarious. Yeah. I I just knew that there was something weird there, and when I watched the, the documentary and they were showing clips from their big, you know, stadium gatherings, I was like, yeah, that's. The, I mean, the people I saw in our little hometown church. I was like, they're all there. It's like, and so really the push behind the Bill Gothard movement was to train up and raise up a generation of kids that would conquer the world or take over the world, not the world so much. I mean, they did talk about Mm -hmm. starting these institutes in other countries, but they wanted the home to turn out Christian children to take over the government, to, to become senators and they, a president. And I mean, these were well-stated goals mm-hmm. and it was appealing to people when you didn't like the direction the world was headed. Here's a guy saying, I know how we can fix it and we can fix it in the home. And he had a Bible out and he would read portions of scripture. And then from that, he would make deductions that ultimately became absolutes. Yes. And you and I were talking earlier when we were discussing, should we do a review of what we watched? And we both were in agreement, but 
they actually had demonstrations of how to spank your child. Uh, somebody sent their son up on the platform mm-hmm. to be, you know, pretend spanked. Yeah. And they would tell you how to make them bend over your knee, how to spank them, how long to spank them, how to force them to hug you when they were done. Oh, that hug right. wasn't good enough. Let's spank some more until you learn to hug me after we're done. I mean, we, how would you read Weird. your Bible and yeah. arrive at that conclusion, Wade? Yeah, you, you, you don't. And I, I have never spanked my child like that. <laughs> that, you know, that's always the way you see it, but I've never spanked my child like that. But, uh, that's the way you, Ward you, Cleaver did it. That's, I don't know that's true. That's, where they got it. Yeah. But yeah, you don't, you don't get that from scripture and, and a lot of things that they implemented and commanded their, uh, followers, I guess you could say, uh, things to do were not seen in scripture. Yeah. And, uh, they were added rules and added mandates and that he would say, if you do these things, God will bless you. And, uh, and so if you're not grounded in scripture, if you're not grounded in what grace is, then you're going to fall for this hook, line, and sinker, which thousands upon thousands of people did. Yeah. And um, you were mentioning the Duggar family. I watched the first season or so because I had never seen a family, never heard of a family having 16, 17 kids. And we watched that and we watched how their home, you know, looked like it was always in order. Uh, Jim, Bob, and what, what's her name? Um, Michelle Duggar, Michelle, they never argued. And Michelle always talked like this, you know, Jim, Bob, you know, just like, okay, a sweet man. Our children yeah. are just blessings of God. <laughs> yeah. And Amanda would say, there's no way she tossed like that all the time, you know, but we concluded that it had to be the older siblings, especially the older uh, daughters that would have to take care of the younger siblings and be in essence a mom to them because the mom could not take care of all those children. Uh, and I think we're seeing some of the uh, resentment now yeah. that those siblings that had the responsibility of taking care of a two month old and a two year old and a four year old, that they're resenting that. They never had a childhood, Wade. Right. Straight right. from being a child to being a a mother, basically. Mm -hmm. And and I believe children ought to have chores. They ought to have responsibilities in the home, you know, whether it's feeding the dog, taking out the trash, doing the dishes, but there, when, when you're doing, I think in that documentary, they did 10 loads of laundry a day, Yeah, 10 loads a day. And those weren't small. Those were like commercial looking washing machines. And it showed them in the documentary cooking supper. And I mean, you're brown, you're browning up like five pounds of hamburger meat, you know, and it's yeah, four, yeah. four packages of, of, uh, tater tots. I mean the whole bags, right. And they're cooking in a commercial, <laughs> like a commercial kitchen. And I'm just sitting here going, you know, this is not fair on these children. Mm-hmm. And they have no, they, they have no opportunity to be a child. Yeah. And, uh, one of the things that was emphasized in the Gothard movement was blanket training. Now you will not find this anywhere in scripture, but blanket training was the method they used. And basically what that is, is you lay a blanket down and you set everybody on the blanket on their own blanket from six months old and up. 
and you take a, a toy or something that they like to play with and you set it outside the blanket, mm-hmm. you tell them to sit there and watch you and don't look at the toy. And if they reach for the toy, you spank them. Wow. And, and this was covered in, and well, they didn't spend a lot of time on it, but they talked about it. And then yeah. there was Jill Ducker saying, okay, kids, time for blanket time. Everybody get a blanket and a toy. You talk about Michelle Duggar. Yeah, Michelle Duggar. I, yeah. And I'm thinking, well, you're not taking the toy and the blanket to play with. You're taking it over there to test them and give them a reason to be spanked. Mm-hmm. And she's saying it like it's a fun and exciting time. And I'm yeah. like, this is pure evil. Yeah. I mean, what kind of kids are you raising when you have a, a, a play time that includes, you could get a spanking out of the deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is just warped and there's zero, zero biblical precedent for this kind of treatment. Right. Right. Yeah. And so it, it talks about in this documentary, um, two of the children, one, one of them was interviewed in this documentary. Her name was Jill. And uh, she's been married for probably 10 years now, several years. She would be considered to them as a black sheep now, a rebel of the, of the Duggar family. She, she's now sporting a, uh, a nose ring, which was taboo. You know, yeah. I don't know if they wore any jewelry at all, honestly. But uh, she's, she's coming to her own. She's being an adult. She, even as an adult, after they were married, uh, they, she could not, uh, what was the word I'm looking for? She could not even answer for herself. She had to go to, uh, through Jim Bob and it's just a horrible, they had yeah, no they, control. They tricked her into signing a document, uh, uh, a contract where she yeah. would show up on the set of their TV shows for the next five years at their request mm-hmm. with zero compensation. Yeah. So when they were expecting their first child, TLC said, we're videoing this. And they're like, no, you're not. And they, they showed up with a contract that she had signed on her parents' kitchen table. She had really no idea what it was. And so they had to allow the birth of their child to be videoed Mm -hmm. for national television. Yeah. And I'm thinking what, what father if his daughter said, dad, I don't want a video camera in here while I'm giving birth. What father would say, well, I'm sorry, hon, it's, that's what pays the bills. We're doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think a father that has absolute control. Yeah. And kids that are raised under absolute control. And like you mm-hmm. said, with the nose ring, she also was wearing pants. Yes. And, and it was a struggle in her life to feel like she was free to wear pants. Like she wasn't sinning against a holy God to put on a pair of pants. When you raise someone with those kind of legalistic rituals and, and regulations, mm-hmm. scar someone for probably the rest of their life. Yes. I mean, so we went from in, in the, the, the video was not just the Duggars. They were the, right. the poster child of it. And they were presented as this, you know, model family on, on TLC. But in reality, before the, they ever were on television, the oldest son, Josh was um, had molested some of his younger sisters and Mm -hmm. they had sent him away to a, uh, a Gothard kind of reform camp for Mm -hmm. teens. And so they were like, well, if we're going to do a video on your family and your 14 year old son's not here, what are we going to say? So they brought him back. Yeah. 
and they brought him back into a home and they nobody was really certain that he was through molesting kids. Sure. Well, towards the end of the, the, uh, the documentary, they returned to the story of Josh Duggar. And in reality, he was not through with his mm-hmm. sexual predator. What he was doing at 14, uh, continued on into adulthood. And he's ultimately serving 12 years in prison for child pornography on his computer. Yeah. And they were setting him up to be in government. He, mm-hmm. he actually went to Washington DC to work for a prominent conservative group. I don't remember the name of it. Uh, family American, research council. Yeah. Family, right? family research council. Yes. So he had a, a just a shoe in job there, and and this was all part of that Gothard plan. You know, we're going to raise up a generation of kids that are going to take over the government and, and 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 get us back on track. And so, in reality, the first poster child of that didn't work out, mm-hmm. and he ends up in prison for child pornography. He'd also had an affair on his wife with a porn oh star. And this was while she was pregnant. I mean, it it was bad. I mean, it wasn't, this was all a facade and that's that's the whole premise of the documentary, happy, shiny people. If you look at them, they look fine. And I want to say something, and I'll give you the floor again, Wade, but the very first time I ever saw the Duggars was in Northwest Arkansas at a answers in Genesis conference before there was a creation museum, before there was an ark. They were mm-hmm. raising money for the Creation Museum, and they came to Ronnie Floyd's, I call it Six Flags Over Jesus. And <laughs> I know that's not what it is, but it was his big flagship yeah. church in Springdale. Right. And we went there. We heard Ken Ham speak, and I said, these guys are making sense. So we went over to the book table, and all the Duggar kids were working the book table, taking your check, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they did. They had pretty smiles. They were well-mannered. I thought, man, these are some really good, nice, well-spoken kids. Yeah. It's all a show. Right. And right. I, I think that's what the documentary, you kind of get a peek behind the curtain where the sausage is made. Yeah. It's not as pretty back there. Yeah. When they started those, uh, those who were being interviewed, when, when those ones that came out of the Gothardism that attended these, uh, what you call them camps? Or they they were institutes, institutes of basic life principles. That was kind of their, their mantra. And then they would have these, they would have events for the whole family. And then they would have youth camps where you could send your kids to be Mm -hmm. trained up. And yeah, some of them were like military camps where they marched you. They actually called it like a militia or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And others were geared towards a number of different things. I think you actually learn like some job skills and life skills and stuff there like to prepare you for the workforce or the home depending on whether it, you're it, male or female yeah but those that uh, came out of that it yeah, was not so the sad right not These the Duggars, other just, people yeah yes other people that were a part of that movement and who were raised in it as a child and then became adults now that they are adults they it's really sad they have turned against not only bill gothard who is a leader of this movement, but they have turned against God and, um, they, my goodness, they blaspheme God. They hate God, um, hate Christianity. So that, that what they call their deconstructionists. So everything that they have been taught, everything that they were told is true. Uh, now they have found out that it's not true. Everything that they believed was a facade and so now they're tearing everything down 
which is the bad part of deconstruction where in deconstruction you tear everything down to the very bottom but ginger duggar wrote a book last year and uh i have not read it but i've heard a lot of good about it but she she called this what these people do not what they don't need to do is deconstruct what they need to do is disentangle yeah. and and that is what bill gother did he woven he wove christianity with legalism and if you could just take away all those extra biblical standards that bill gother put on these people and get back to the bible itself you know that that's that's the issue but sadly these people uh, many of these people they interviewed were just man well, lost the only version of christianity they've ever seen is that version yes so they judge christianity based upon what their pastor and their parents and bill gothard has told them mm -hmm. and if that's what you think christianity is regulating your life down to how many licks you give your children how much curl a woman should put in her hair um i mean these were all things how far the slit can go up your dress, how far the dress has to be below your knees. These kinds of regulations, Wade, do one of two things to a child. They either break the child completely so that they fully submit to that, and mm -hmm. they are they really feel like they're earning their salvation or at least gaining their sanctification by keeping these rules. Yes. So you will see kids that come through this and they stay in it. And then you'll see other kids that are not broken this way and they rebel against it. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they're always advocating. You've got to break these kids. You've got to break them. You've got to break them. And, and, and they know if they don't break them that ultimately they're not going to stay under this kind of authoritative mm -hmm. and authoritarian dictator type yeah. rule. Yeah. So what you see in these groups, even today is you see kids, as soon as they turn 18, they run away. I mean, they flee. I've seen it multiple times. Young girls, young men in homes like this, they just can't take it. It's not sure. that they don't love the Lord. It's not that they don't love their Bible. It's just they can't be under a dad that is that much of a dictator. I mean, mm -hmm. I know other kids who stay in these situations. I mean, I know grown women in their 30s and 40s that still live at home never been on a date because dating's evil, never had a boyfriend because boyfriends are evil. Yeah. They're sitting at home waiting on dad to find them and arrange a marriage for them. Right. Right. And, and that's all biblically required. And I just, I, I don't know, Wade. Well, it's, it, it stems from having an Arminian theology. And, and like you said earlier, they think you can just raise up Christians. Yeah. You know, like you can plant and then they will grow automatically. Train up a child in the way she'll go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Yes. They take that to be literal. And, and you're, right. So go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no. I'm, that, that, that theology is what has really shaped that movement, that you can uh, break the will of the person and make them conform into being a Christian. And that's just not biblical at all. And um, now, yes, we're to raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Yes, but uh, we are not to force upon them uh, extra biblical values and standards. That's not in Scripture. And 
thinking that if they comply to that, then they will become a believer and God will bless them. And and to me, that's the root of the issue is that it's almost like a prosperity gospel. Yeah. If you do this and this and this and this, God will do this and this and this for you. Yeah. And, and so these people feel like they can't uh, add up to that standard. Yeah, the, the Gothard standard is the umbrella system. You've got God's authority, you've got government, you've got the home, you've got children, mm-hmm. and everybody in the group is afraid that if I get out from under the umbrella, God's blessing won't be on me. I'll be in the rain. Right. And right. so this is why you end up with grown children still at home under mom and dad that never become adults because adulthood to them is not achieved until you're married. Mm-hmm. And when you get married, they were making them sign contracts at marriage that they will have as many kids as the Lord opens their womb to. Yes. So where are we told that when you get married, you got to have as many children as possible? Right. Right. There's a blessing for having a multitude of children, a full quiver full. Mm-hmm. There's not a mandate. And so when you take something that's not mandated and you mandate it, that's legalism. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when you follow out that legalism to the point that you have 20 children and you think you're doing that to the glory of God, in reality, you're destroying your wife's health and you're destroying the home because you've put so many children in it that they can't be children. Mm-hmm. And yes. they grow up. And by the time they're 18, they just want out from under this puppy mill of a home where the whole goal is to have more kids so we can take the world over. Right. And and this full quiver movement is not a, if this was what God required of us, why don't we hear about all of Peter's children? He was an Mm -hmm. apostle who was married. Oh, well, the womb must've been close to them. Mm -hmm. Well, what about all the other apostles that were married? Right. There are a lot of people in scripture that just didn't have a lot of children. Yes. And if the goal was to have 18 or 20, man, these guys really dropping the ball. Yeah. What I would say is the goal was never to have 18 or 20. The goal was to have as many as you can care for. And if your wife's not healthy enough to care for them, you need to quit having them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you, wait, you have young children that you had later in life. Can you imagine if you had all the gaps in between your two oldest and your two youngest filled in and y'all were expecting more? No. <laughs> I tell everybody yeah. all the time, my quiver only held two. Right. Two was all I could afford, two was all I could raise. And not I'm everybody's quiver is the same grown. size. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, and we talked about this earlier that my my grandparents were raised in big families. My grandparents uh, had like 12, 13 siblings, something like that. Um, that was common back in those days in, in the turn of the century, the 1900s, that was farm labor, you know, Uh, that's not the case anymore. Now, I'm I'm not saying that you should not, that you should put a limit on how many children you have. I'm not saying that, but to mandate it, to say you need to have as many children as you are physically possible to have. If your wife is 45 years old, and looks like an old mare, a breeding yeah. mare. Yeah. Well, there there comes a time to what? What about your wife's health? Yeah. And because uh, there's more risk as you get older. I mean, that's just 
nature. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it. Uh, well, you mentioned earlier that Amanda was your girlfriend before she was your wife and y'all dated. Yeah. Yeah. I met my wife the same way. And uh, my parents met each other the same way. And somehow people are able to go on a date and get married and have children and raise godly kids mm -hmm. and um, have a godly home, honor and glorify the Lord. And all that came through two people that were dating when they met. Yeah. But when we look at these groups, they mandate every single thing about your children right up till the way they have to interact with the opposite person. They call it courtship. Mm -hmm. This is beyond Gothard. There's a lot of guys in reform Christianity that are advocating these forms of courtship. Yeah. Come up with all these rules, right? All these regulations. And it's really no different. And I understand mm -hmm. what they're trying to do. They're trying to prevent their children from having sex before they're married. And so right. they're trying to remove every form of temptation out of that. They're trying to put them in a sterile environment where nothing can possibly happen. And I, I, I get that, but that doesn't, well, and each home's different. You can do whatever you want in your home, but when you have an entire group that says, this is how you do it. And this is what God says. And it's not what God said. Yeah. I mean, I remember, uh, I, I, I remember Abraham sending out a, a, uh, a servant to find a wife for, um, Isaac. Mm -hmm. And he goes out and he says, Lord, whoever brings me water at the well and offers to water my camels, let that yeah. be my, my master's son's wife. Well, why don't we do that anymore? we got a biblical evidence for that. <laughs> yeah. why, why aren't we practicing that? Why aren't we watering camels? Uh -huh. Whoever pumps my gas and buys me a Slurpee, let that be my son's wife. <laughs> you say, well, brother, yeah. that's just ludicrous. Why would anybody do that? If God could provide a wife for one of the patriarchs of, of the Israeli, the Israelite nation, mm -hmm. the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if Jacob could go somewhere and work for a wicked guy for seven years and he tricks him into marrying his ugly daughter and then work another seven years to marry the one he originally worked for, why aren't we doing that? Yeah, right. Biblical precedent for that. Yep. We have no biblical precedent for all these other rules that are being mandated. Mm -hmm. And and wait, in my opinion, and I want to make this clear before we get off here, we got people reading so many books written by people with good intentions. Yeah. Bill Gothard started, I believe, with good intentions. But you end up regulating how to spank, how to find a spouse, how to cut your hair, how to pick your clothing, how your home looks. How you, how you put your, teach your kids all, what school you can go to when you can't go to school, when you end up in this kind of a lifestyle, you don't end up gradually, you work your way in. Mm -hmm. I just want to caution every parent out there. I said this on Twitter yesterday, and I want to say it on the podcast today. If you love your wife and you love your kids and you read your Bible regularly and you pray and ask God to help you, you don't have to read books on parenting. Right. The spirit of God is able to take the word of God and God is able, able providentially to give you the understanding and you, you won't ever have to worry about ending up in a docu-series about being in a cult. Sure. And, and I think that's what we're missing in today's time. People are looking at where the world's headed. They're concerned. Like, I don't want my kids to grow up like that. Well, there's no cut and dried foolproof way they won't, right. but if you love them, and you show that you love them and you read your Bible and you teach them to read the Bible, 
and you take them to church and you introduce them to this, then when they get old enough and get out on their own, you trust God to do what only God can do. Yes. That is the solution to Gothards. That is the solution to the Duggars. And that is the solution in your home. Love them, read your Bible, pray, ask God to do what you can't, and then trust God. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I encourage everyone to, if you have Amazon Prime, to watch the documentary called Shiny Happy People. It is uh, eye-opening to me. A lot of things that were just uh, uh, blew my mind, really. <laughs> and uh, But it's really a warning to not follow movements, especially ones that are detached from a local church and uh, where you have one primary leader who is left unchecked. Yeah. And uh, so well, I encourage you again... Room. Let's remind everybody, Bill Gothard never married or had any children. And he was the expert on what wives are to do and children are to do. And I understand you don't have to have a wife and children to, to be a leader. Right. If you're going to write these extra rules with no biblical support, or you're going to take a little bit of Bible and jump way out here and left field that you have never, you've never implemented yourself. Yeah. Show us your home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Patriot Pastors podcast. And again, I encourage you to watch this episode or this documentary called Shiny Happy People. Well, may the Lord bless you. Until next time.